You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Hello, and thank you for joining us this week here on the Neutral Zone. I'm Phil Milani alongside Eric Dalala, as always. We have a great show in store for you. We'll be joined by Chris Harris Jr., talking about some of his goals for the final seven games of the season. I know that he wants to be first-team All-Pro. We'll talk to him about that and also what it's like going up against Phillip Rivers, the Chargers quarterback. He's faced Phillip Rivers more than any other quarterback in the NFL. Talk about just playing so much against the same opponent. And then we'll also be joined by another CH, Chris Aree of Chargers.com, a good friend here to the podcast. And uh, we'll ask him about what's been the key to the Chargers' recent string of wins. They've won six games in a row. Seems like every week, Eric, the Broncos are facing another hot team that's won four or five games. This time it's six games. That's true. Yeah, we'll hear from Chris Harris Jr., Chris Harry Jr., maybe. <laughs> well, uh, got some good guests. But yeah, like you said, the, the Chargers on a six-game winning streak here after starting one and two. And yeah, you add that to the Texans and the Chiefs and the Chiefs before that, you know, just the Rams. It seems like every week the Broncos have a tough opponent. And you know, Phil, we've talked about this for weeks, but the Broncos really have to get a win here. You can't afford to not if you want to have any chance of making the playoffs. But what would feel sweeter than starting off a, a run of wins than getting one on the road against a guy like Phillip Rivers against a team like the Chargers? Yeah, of course, uh, the Broncos coming back from the bye week. We heard head coach Vance Joseph say he expects several players to return to practice this week. Guys like Bradley Roby, Darian Stewart, Royce Freeman, Deshaun Hamilton. So uh, you're closer to full strength than you would have been last week. And having an extra week to prepare, you uh, you would imagine that they'd uh, have maybe some tricks up their sleeves or just a little something extra in store for L.A. this week. Yeah, and you know, they played some some pretty close games against the Chargers over the last couple of years. They've, they're have they 2-2 and two over the last two years. Obviously, you had that 21 to nothing shutout in the StubHub Center, but that... You know, that kind of got ugly late. The Broncos were in that game for much of the game. They had that season opener uh, in 2017 where you had the field goal uh, go wide at the end. Um, so some, some good games there. And like you said, I think you're closer to full strength, and I think you need every little bit that you can get to beat a team like this uh, because they have been playing really well. So many people have been talking about this Chiefs team and that they're the best team in the West, but... This Chargers team, if they're not right there with them, they're just maybe a notch below because they're maybe, in my opinion, more of a complete team. We haven't heard that much about them, but they have so many weapons on offense. Phillip Rivers, of course, Melvin Gordon. You got Keenan Allen outside, always a tough matchup. And then I think they might have a better defense than the Chiefs. So um, it's going to be a tough matchup. I know that in a lot of power rankings, the Chiefs are a top five team. Or I'm sorry, the Chargers are a top five team. So, uh you know, the, this is going to be a tough matchup, but hopefully that bye week helped them out. Yeah, you know, the Chargers kind of rival the the Chiefs and the, the offensive weapons. You know, you've got that running back in Melvin Gordon, who's arguably, Derek Wolf was saying this week, he's got to be a top running back in the entire league. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Phillip Rivers, obviously, we know what he can do. Keenan Allen, while healthy, 
uh, is always impressive. And like you said, Phil, the defense, even without Joey Bosa, who it looks like is not going to play this week against the Broncos, they've still got Melvin Ingram. You know, they've still got Derwin James, that impressive rookie. Uh, you know, they've, they've got some players there. And I think that's where they've actually given the Broncos more trouble over the last couple of years. I think that the defense has been able to handle the Los Angeles offense at times. Uh, I know Vaughn loves playing against Phillip Rivers and he has does. had some success. I think he the, has 15 sacks against Phillip Rivers. That's that's a lot more than any other quarterback. Yeah, he's got so. what 92 and a half total. So that's like a, that's yeah. a nice little chunk there <laughs> just is. against it Rivers. Is. But yeah, you've got to if you're the Broncos offense, you've got to hope that you spent these this last week finding a way to take advantage of something that the Chargers do because you got to go in there and score points. I mean, you can't afford to score 10 or 7 or whatever. You're probably going to have to score in the 20s to give yourself a chance against this team. Yeah, you know, and it would just be nice to see the Broncos get a road win in the division. You know, that's something that, you know, we'll talk about later on in the show. But, gosh, it just seemed like under Peyton Manning, they couldn't lose on the road in the division. And then now it it seems very difficult to find a win. Uh, Played the Chiefs competitive this year, but uh, just couldn't quite get that one. Yeah, it's actually interesting because I think my first day on the job in Denver, Derek Wolf spoke at the podium, and I think it was Mike Kliss who asked Wolf and said, hey, you guys haven't lost an AFC West road game in, I think it was like 15 straight or something at that point. Yep. And they were like, what's the, what's the secret? And I think Wolf was like, don't don't jinx us. We don't need that. And we haven't won one since I... So it's Mike Kliss's fault. <laughs> it is Mike Kliss's fault, yeah. Mike, yeah. we love you, but yeah. what were you thinking? Oh, gosh, Mike. So, you know, they haven't won one since that point and like we were saying you still got road games against the the chargers and the raiders so you probably need to pick up both of those in addition to a bunch of other wins along the way but you know a bunch of the broncos have said this week we can't win seven at once you can't win seven on one sunday so get a big win here and then if you're able to follow that up with a big win against a Le'Veon bell this pittsburgh team then all of a sudden you're putting yourself in good position, but it has to start Sunday. Yeah, and you know I think you've seen some of that signage around the building, just like one and O, and I think that that's a big thing. Is just don't worry about what else is going on around the league. Don't worry about all these other things. Leave that up to the outside noise. Inside, just focus on trying to get a win against this Chargers team. You know, but if you really look at the big picture, not to like go crazy here, but they're only two games out of a playoff spot. I mean, you can go down a rabbit hole, like thinking about all this kind of stuff, but it just starts with, hey, let's see if they can just beat a good team because ultimately the Broncos are going to have to win some of these games if they even want to think about the playoffs. Right. And yeah, even though you're, you're only two games out, the, it's pretty substantial just because you still, Feels- you still figure like you can probably only lose one more game and be nine and seven and, to even have a shot at it. And so yeah. even though I think the, the Bengals right now have four losses in that sixth spot, you still feel like it's not like you can go out and go uh, three and four no, in the no, next no. seven yeah. games. So no. you've got you've to string wins together, and we've heard over and over, hey, we're close. We're doing the things we need to do to win. We're just not quite finishing. they got to finish. And we've yeah. talked about it so much all year, and I think they're probably this team is just as tired of uh, talking about it as we are. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, sick and tired of talking to the lot about losses. Uh, let's go ahead and get to my conversation with Chris Harris Jr. We go over our several different topics, uh, talking about how, how was the bye week for him. He, he always talks about how November and December is when he picks up his game and that speaks to his conditioning level. Uh, that he does over the off season, he feels like now is the time for him to shine. So let's get to my one-on-one with Broncos Pro Bowl All-Pro cornerback Chris Harris Jr. 
All right, catching up with uh, Chris Harris Jr. coming off the bye week. Uh, how's the body feeling? Uh, good to take a couple of days off and just get away from football? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, be able to get some time to reflect about the season, uh, how you want to finish the year. And body feels great, uh, mentally great, and uh, just ready to finish strong. And uh, uh, that's how you want to do You want to always end the year strong. Is that something you like to do? You set some goals here for the final seven games? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I always have my season goals of what I want to do. And uh, right now I'm on track of getting those. So I just want to c- continue to maintain my level of play and uh, try to turn it up. This is kind of like November. This is when I turn up. Uh, and this is what I want to do this season. Uh, all pro or what are some of those oh, yeah. goals? Can you share them? Oh, yeah, all pro, uh, first team, uh, pro bowl, uh, getting us to the playoffs. Those are my main goals. And uh, we're right there. We're still on the hunt. And uh, we still got a chance to uh, – to get in the playoffs. Starts this week uh, against the good uh, Chargers team. Won six games in a row. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the matchup this week? That's always tough versus the Chargers, but we've been able to uh, beat them every year. And, um, and I've had definitely great games with Philip Rivers. So, um, he's a guy that I always feel comfortable playing against. It's always going to be tough, but uh, um, I love the competitive that he, he plays uh, when you play against him. And he kind of brings the best out of you. Do you know how many times you've faced him? I mean, I've been in the league. This is my eighth year, so I think this might be my 14th time. This is going to be a 16th time, including the oh, uh, one playoff game. Times. Yeah. I mean, I played him a lot, so uh, he's probably tired of playing against me. <laughs> How many interceptions against yeah. him? Might be three or four. Three. Three, three. yep. Three, yeah. Well, what's it like when you face a quarterback like that? Um, that's the thing. He makes it hard for me because he knows I kind of know what they do. I kind of know their signals and things like that. So they flip, it, they flip the switch on me uh, big time, so – this this guy, I'm just going in, just playing my technique, playing discipline, and just knowing that uh, whatever calls I've been seeing, they're going to try to switch it up for me for sure. Uh, you know that hey, they Chris likes to do this, so hey, maybe yeah. we can use that against them. Is that the kind of thing? Oh yeah, they do that, and then they know that if they do something and it has a signal or something, they do good uh, self scouting. So Philip Rivers knows that I'm looking for every tidbit to that I can use versus him, and uh, he's going to. Uh, but thing is, in the past they used to do that, but now they've been switching it up from when they play it. So I expect him to just give us uh, just a lot of dummy calls where he's kind of faking. Uh, have you seen yeah. that thing that Peyton Manning's been doing, Detail, where he oh, breaks yeah. down the film? Yeah. Uh, he did the Patrick Mahomes game where he, yeah. uh, you faced him. He said that you were just such a smart cornerback. I mean, yeah. did you catch that? Oh, no, I missed that. But uh, uh, I think that's cool, though, using him and Kobe, those guys that can really dissect the game. Uh, uh, I think uh, that's pretty cool. So those are the best two guys to have, guys that – they really understand the game of football and basketball, so to have those two guys do detail, uh, it's perfect. It was kind of that exact same topic where you jumped yeah. a route. I think it was like a screenplay, and then they said, yeah. hey, Chris is really smart, but maybe you can next time fake that screenplay, go over the top or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you know this guy's always trying to do that to you? Oh, yeah, definitely. So I, uh, I, especially this week, a guy that knows me very well, uh, just like I said, I got to play discipline, play, just play my game, don't try to, to go off his signals or just just, just play my game and uh, – Go off of what the receiver's doing, and uh, I can't really jump too much this week. You remember that pick six you had against him, though? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, that yeah. kind of kick-started your career, yeah. huh? Uh, I was in a situation where I was able to jump jump some routes in, and uh, uh, he just lobbed it up there for me. I was able to make a play, but uh, it's funny, though. I haven't got too many out routes from, from <laughs> since then. That might be the last out route he's ran on me since then. All right, Chris, we'll let you get out of here. I uh, appreciate your time. Oh, Thank yeah, you so no much. problem, man.
My thanks to Chris Harris Jr. for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. Had a lot of interesting things. You know, Chris, every single year is hoping to be a first-team All-Pro, and uh, I think if he keeps this pace up, uh, that's certainly an achievable goal. Eric, though, uh, now it's time to play our first game. Yeah, Phil, I mean, as you say, a limerick challenge, if you will. If you will. If you will. Yeah, we've always uh, got a fan calling in to play this game. Who do we have on the line this week? Hi, this is McKinnon Beers. And where are you calling from? Uh, calling from Chicago today. Okay. So how are you uh, a Broncos fan out there among all those Bears fans? So my dad uh, my dad grew up a Broncos fan, just kind of got me hooked. Um, been a bit unusual the last few years. We've had some bragging rights over them for basically my whole life, so it's been a weird adjustment the last couple seasons being on the other end of it. That's true. Hopefully uh, it can turn that around. It's uh, We've been out there a couple times to Chicago. Have you been able to – watch the games or uh, get together for any watch parties or anything like that? I have, yeah. It was, uh, I think it was Osweiler's debut last year. It was like 20 degrees at Soldier Field, but it was a lot better than driving uh, 13 hours to Denver or making the flight. It was quite a bit easier when it was in town here. That's true. Yeah, I think Brock Osweiler's first start there uh, as he took over for Peyton Manning and kept the season alive before uh, the Broncos, of course, won Super Bowl 50. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, we're going to have you play this Limerick Challenge. Uh, it's uh, as usual, I think, as a listener, you should know, but we're going to read you three related Limericks to uh, Broncos News or this game's or this week's game against the Chargers. If you can fill in the last word or phrase that's missing uh, in two of those three Limericks, you're going to be a winner here on the Neutral Zone. All righty. All right, we'll start off uh, here with one about this upcoming week. Not long ago, it wasn't hard to leave our nest. When we traveled, we were fine with being the guest. We'd, o- we'd almost always return with glee from Oakland, SD, or KC. That's not the case anymore against the... AFC? AFC... One more word there. Oh, AFC West. Sorry. AFC West, exactly. Yeah, the Broncos, uh, of course, had a long winning streak against the AFC West uh, during those Peyton Manning years and unfortunately haven't won an AFC West road game since 2015. They'll look uh, for another opportunity to break that streak this weekend when they play the L.A. Chargers uh, at the StubHub Center. We'll see how it goes against Phillip Rivers. All right, one for one so far. We'll move on to number two. The Chargers will feature several guys that you've seen. There's three Denver alums from what we can glean. With former Broncos, will tussle like Schofield and Russell. And at tight end, we'll face... Virgil Green. Exactly, yep. Virgil Green, uh, a longtime tight end here in Denver uh, for the Broncos. You know, always a guy I always enjoyed watching was entertaining. Uh, certainly before the games would say some crazy stuff. He's in uh, L.A. now and... He uh, has filled a big role there as a run blocker. Uh, we talk a little bit about that, Phil, in my conversation with Chris Hayry, um, which we'll get to. But first, uh, one more limerick here, even though you're always a, already a winner. Cool. Number 55 has yet to hit his peak. There's lots of havoc he still can wreak. The rookie sack mark is within his sight, and he'll get it if things go right. Can Bradley Chubb move past the... Um, oh, I'm not sure. I got nothing for this one. Past the freak, uh, Javon Curse, his the nickname. The freak, that's the right. Freak. Ah, yeah. yeah, kind of a tricky one there. Uh, he that, was had four, that was a good one. 14 and a half sacks uh, his rookie season. Uh, Bradley Chubb, through nine games, has eight 
So uh, if he can find a way to get seven more, he'll he'll break that rookie record. You'd think if that were the case, he'd uh, have a pretty good shot at defensive rookie of the year. But thanks for uh, thanks for playing here. You're a winner on the neutral zone. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And now we're going to go to part one of my conversation with Chris Harey of Chargers.com. Talk a little bit with him about this upcoming matchup. Now joined by Chris Harey of Chargers.com. He's a team reporter there. Uh, friend of the podcast has spent some time in Denver. We're happy that he's uh, able to join us this week and give us some perspective on the Chargers who are 7-2 and two and riding a six-game winning streak. Chris, thanks for jumping on with us. Eric, I appreciate you having me, buddy. How are you? Doing well, doing well. We're uh, looking forward to a trip to sunny Los Angeles. Hopefully those those terrible fires clear up and everybody uh, is able to kind of start putting things back together. But it's always nice to take a trip out west. Absolutely. And, you know, the Chargers are actually happy to, to be back as well. They've been gone. It'll go 41 days from week five to, to this Sunday. The Chargers have been away from StubHub Center. So it's been a... It's been a whirlwind of a road trip. They went 4-0 in the road trip and won their last two at Stuff Up Center. So, like I said, right in that, that six-game winning streak with uh, the Broncos here on Sunday. Yeah, what is, what's been going so well uh, for you guys out there? I know stumbled to that 1-2 and two start against some, granted, some tough opponents in the Chiefs and the Rams. But since then, everything seems to have clicked, uh, both with Rivers and Melvin Gordon and uh, that defense. But can you give me a sense of overall of what the feeling is like there as you're riding this win streak? Yeah, I, th- I think just everything has been clicking, not only on offense, but also defense. Offensively, you know, I think it starts with Phillip Rivers. 21 touchdowns, four interceptions, probably the best start to his career. And it all goes with Melvin Gordon. You mentioned Gordon. He already has over 1,000 total yards, uh, 11 touchdowns from scrimmage, probably having his best you're actually no doubt having the best year of his career, over five yards of pop on the ground. And then defensively, you know, they've really started to get after uh, the quarterback, uh, especially as of late. You know, you talk about Isaac Rochelle, he has four and a half sacks in his last five games. Melvin Ingram has four sacks in his last five games. And during this six-game winning streak, Eric, uh, they've held five of the six opponents to under 20 points. The Chargers are one of four teams in the league that has scored 20 points in every single game this year. So uh, it's been a nice formula on both sides of the football. Uh, But, you know, it's never easy to beat a divisional opponent. You know, even though the Raiders have struggled a little bit, you know, Chargers won 26, held them out of the end zone. But, you know, it it was hard fought. And uh, the Chargers know that they're going to get Broncos' best shot on Sunday. I think I saw, um, looking at some of your guys' content over on Chargers.com, that it was a Melvin Ingram sack that really changed kind of the tone of that game, the way that it was going for you guys, um, kind of busted things open. What has he meant in Joey Boats' absence, and is there any chance the Broncos are going to see uh, Bosa out there on Sunday? Well, to answer the Bosa question, uh, we just don't know. You know, it, it's, a, it's a week-to-week thing, and uh, Coach Lee even just said he, he, he's not going to put a timetable on it, so... Um, we'll know probably as soon as everyone else knows. Um, but Melvin means a great deal to this football team. Um, you, you talked about the, uh, the forced fumble and the sack. Uh, it was 3 nothing Raiders, and, and the Raiders were actually driving again. I think they were at um, the Chargers' 21-yard line uh, when Melvin had that sack and forced fumble. Corey Leach picked it up and, and ran 24 yards. That really turned the tide of the game, and, and Melvin Ingram has done this 
time and time again. He actually intercepted a uh, car in the end zone in week five uh, when the Raiders were driving in it uh, at the one-yard line. So Melvin makes big plays when you need him, but it hasn't just been Melvin, Eric. I mean, there's been a different guy who's stepped up seemingly every week. You talk about the, the game in Seattle. Desmond King had that pick six that really put the game out of reach. In London, it was Adrian Phillips on that Titans two-point conversion attempt that, that could have won the game. He had that tip. Um, Isaac Rochelle had an interception against the San Francisco 49ers uh, that sealed the game. So there's been a different guy seemingly every week stepping up in, in Bosa's absence. And, and it's been really cool to see because, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are young guys that have been drafted over the last couple of years. You talk about Desmond King, fifth-round draft pick. Isaac Rochelle, who I mentioned, his sack total as of late, he was a seventh-round draft pick last year. Uh, Yuchenna Nuosu, Justin Jackson, a lot, or Justin Jones, rather. Uh, a lot of these guys on, on defense are, in, you know, their, their first couple of years and I didn't even mention Derwin James, who, who's the Chargers' leading tackler. And we're going to have a, a pair of guys that are in that consideration for Defensive Rookie of the Year in, in Bradley Chubb and James on the field Sunday. Yeah, talking about Derwin James a little bit more, he's a guy that kind of had top 10 potential written all, of him, all over him, fell down uh, to you guys, I think, in the late teens, right? What was the, the kind of the mood there when a guy like that um, – fell to that spot because it seems like from reading national accounts that he's been kind of a revelation on that defense yeah that's a that's a turn the card in situation <laughs> when you know <laughs> he's available at number 17 overall uh i tell you Eric, he's been incredible he, he really he's a rookie but he doesn't play like a rookie he's got that alpha mentality um he, he's in on everything seemingly and not only is he great at free you play him in the box He's probably one of the Chargers' best pass rushers. You know, this guy has three and a half sacks already. I think if he has one more, he'll have the most of any rookie defensive back in league history. Um, and he actually set up one of the sacks yesterday for Isaac Rochelle. He blew up a, a running back, and, and Isaac had a, uh, a free hit on on Carr uh, for the sack. So he's been incredible. And, uh you know, again, guys like Desmond King. Desmond King, uh, as, as a punt returner over the past several weeks, he has three interceptions. He also has had some some uh, big uh, gains in the in the punt return game. Uh, but but De- uh, Darwin rather has been a, a huge boost to the secondary that already boasts some guys like Desmond King, who was AFC Defensive Player of the Week last week. Casey Hayward, who, who's an All Pro, and uh, a lot of other players on this defense. That was part one of my conversation with Chris Harey of Chargers.com, talking a little bit about Melvin Gordon, Phillip Rivers. We'll get to more about the matchup this week in just a second. But first, Phil, you want to take a break and play another game? Yeah, Eric, it's time to play Who Said It? And we have another caller on the line. Uh, who's joining us here on the Neutral Zone? This is Diego. Diego, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Denver. Nice. How long have you uh, been a Broncos fan? Oh, man, I grew up in uh, Denver in the 90s, man, so you could imagine uh, all my life. Nice. Do you have a favorite moment or anything like that? Um, I was actually went to the uh, Steelers and Broncos game, and I had one ticket, and I was on the first row, and uh, I'll just never forget when Tebow uh, threw that pass to DT, man, and he went all the way. The stadium went nuts. Um, literally couldn't hear for like three minutes because people were <laughs> – screaming so loud and cheering man it was just it was a moment i'll never forget 
You had front row tickets for that? I had front row tickets, man. I did. Wow. I won them. That's a that's an amazing moment. Uh, I'm sure that uh, some of your friends were a little jealous of that, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. I actually took my best friend, man, and uh, we'll never forget it, man. I'm still trying to get over that DT trade. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Tough for uh, a lot of Broncos fans, especially playing him right away. Uh, that A tough uh, emotional game for sure. Um, Diego, though, we're going to play Who Said It here on the Neutral Zone, so I'll read you a quote, and then you tell me who said it. If you get two out of three correct, you'll be a winner, and uh, we'll mail you out a little Broncos prize pack. Sounds good. Let's do it. Okay, the first one is, quote, I told the guys, hope can't be your strategy. You can't hope to win. You can't luck in to win an NFL game. It's too hard. We have to play better football. That was Coach Vance Joseph. Yeah, that's uh, Vance Joseph talking on Monday as the guys return back from the bye week, saying, you know, hey, we can't just hope to win some of these games. we got to take it one week at a time and focus on what we need to take care of business and uh, not worry about playoffs or anything like that. Just focus on the Chargers coming up this week. So you got the first one right here. Uh, let's see if you can get the second one. Quote, I'm keeping my prayers and thoughts for all the victims out there with the fires, and I just want to say we're praying for you, and we love you guys. Much love. And this, the guy who said this uh, is from the Los Angeles area. Would that be Sula Craven? Uh, close. Uh, here, I'll read the last part again. That might give you a, a little bit of a hint. He goes, much love at the end of his quote. Oh, no, Peco. Domata Pecco, yeah, I will give that one to you. Yeah, Pecco, uh, of course, talking about the Woolsey fire down in Southern California, really having to evacuate so many people down there. And, uh, of course, the Broncos heading down to the Los Angeles area this week, uh, keeping those affected by the fire in our thoughts. Um, so you're already a winner here on the neutral zone, but let's see if you can make it three out of three. Um, this one is Derek Wolf, but who is he talking about? I try not to talk to anybody out there, but sometimes you can't help it. Like I said, he's always complaining, but he's a leader. Oh, man, I didn't catch this quote. Um... I, I can give it to you one more time. He goes, I try not to talk to anybody out there, but sometimes you can't help it. And like I said, he's always complaining, but he's a leader. Talking about a certain quarterback from a, from an, a division rival team. I'm going to say Philip Rivers. Yes, that's him talking about Philip Rivers. Of course, uh, Broncos fans always uh, love the fiery, uh, competitive nature that Philip Rivers always brings to the game. Sometimes it seems like he's talking trash, but uh, I think that it, it fires up the guys. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I, I think, we, uh, you know, being a big Broncos fan, what are your thoughts on Philip Rivers? Oh, man, you know, he's uh, one of those guys that you hate him because he's on the other team, but you would love him if he was on yours. Yeah, most definitely. I, I think that or maybe early in his career, Broncos fans didn't like him, but as time went on, you sort of grow to appreciate him and uh, his fiery spirit. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Derek Wolf and him will have a, a few exchange words this Sunday. Yeah, man, I'll never forget that time. It was uh, DeMarcus' first year, and they had him mic'd up, and I – 
kept remembering him saying, he's like good. He's like really good. And I'll <laughs> never forget that. Welcome to the AFP West, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Diego, uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on the Neutral Zone, and we'll send you out a Broncos prize pack. Thank you so much, Phil. And now we're going to get to part two of my conversation with Chris Harey of Chargers.com, see what he thinks is the key to this week's matchup. We could probably uh, sit here and talk about Justin Jackson for a long time as a couple of Northwestern guys. But... Yes, Wildcat. Exactly. But uh, I think most fans probably know Melvin Gordon better. You talked about Derwin James being able to rush the passer as well as cover. With Gordon, it seems like he also has you know kind of that multifaceted skill set. Is he just as good out of the backfield catching the ball as he is uh, running it? There's no doubt about it. And that wasn't necessarily the case coming into the league, Eric. I mean, he, he wasn't asked to do that at Wisconsin, uh, but he has really taken on that responsibility. And He actually talked today um, and, and talked about how Coach Lynn said, hey, let's not focus on rushes, let's focus on touches. And, and that's what he's done. I mean, that 66-yard touchdown he had yesterday was a receiving touchdown, um, and, and he has four of them on, on the air. He's got, he has seven rushing. Uh, but the, the touches, I mean, 36 catches already, uh, by far is is the most through through the first you know nine games of, of his career, and it's not just Gordon too, Eric. It's also Austin Eckler. Now the first four games of the year, both of those guys were on a historic clip. I mean they were they were approaching like Ingram Camara territory in terms of yards from scrimmage. Um, it, it slowed a little bit uh, just because you know Melvin's been been so hot as of late. Five straight games for him with over 120, 120 total yards and, and a touchdown, and, and they've all resulted in, in Chargers' wins. So uh, you're right. He, he's doing it all, and he's just as lethal out of the backfield as he is rushing. And Austin Eckler uh, went to college out here in Colorado, so I'm sure some Broncos fans wish maybe he was on on this side. It'll be interesting to see the, the Gordon-Eckler uh, pairing. Maybe J.J. gets a couple carries there. Um yeah, maybe. Wanted to see how that offensive line is doing. Um, you know, Broncos fans probably will recognize a few of those names. You've got Russell Okun, uh, they're playing tackle. You've got Michael Schofield, uh, I think playing right guard, if that's correct. Um, what have those guys meant to that line? And as a whole, how's that unit look protecting Rivers and uh, helping Gordon get some yards? Well, they they've been... Excellent. And, you know, Gordon's numbers speak for themselves, but, but Rivers has only been sacked 12 times this year, which I think is the third lowest in the league. He was only sacked 18 times last year, and, and Russell and, and Schofield were a part of that. Uh, but this year, too, another guy from Denver, Virgil Green, who, who has been just awesome in the running game along with Sean Colkin and uh, open up, opening up some holes for, for Gordon. But uh, it's a neat uh, – uh, last few weeks for for Russell because you know it goes back to to Seattle uh, a couple of weeks ago and and gets the win up there and now he gets to play another former team here this Sunday um, and then Schofield I, I talked to him in, in the locker room after the the Raiders game and um, you know he, he's he's played this great football at that that right guard position it has really been a uh, a force there and his positional versatility really helps this team they haven't had to really move him around much but. Um, uh, he, he's been a mainstay there this season, and 
you know, it's a big reason why Rivers has had so much success, too. You, you have some time to throw. Even when Rivers is under pressure, I believe he still has the, the highest quarterback rating in the league when he is pressured. So offensive line has done a great job. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Mike Pounce, who has really brought some tenacity, uh, kind of a, a nastiness to this offensive line in a positive way, um, opening up some holes for these running backs. Yeah, Big Verge was always one of my favorites out here in Denver. Uh, good to hear he's doing well. Uh, Chris, I think Chargers-Broncos have split the last four uh, that they've played. Neither team has won a road game here, and the Broncos haven't won an AFC West road game in, in quite a while. Last year we had a couple memorable games with that 24-21 uh, Monday night football game in Denver, and then, of course, that 21 nothing shutout in L.A. What do you think the keys to this week's game are going to be uh, when the Broncos head out there to stub up? Well, I think the Chargers need to continue to rely on Melvin Gordon in both the running game and the passing game. But I think most importantly, I think what, what could decide this game is the Broncos' pass rush versus this Chargers' offensive line. I mean, everyone knows about Von Miller. Obviously, the Chargers have not faced Bradley Chubb yet, uh, but you got Shaq Barrett. you, you got a lot of guys who can rush the passer, and then also the interior guys, you know, Wolf, Pecco. You guys have uh, uh, quite the defense out, out in Denver, and although it hasn't shown up uh, in the in the win column, there's been a lot of close games, and I know that this Chargers team um, has you know the full attention there um, of that Broncos front seven. So I think just stopping uh, the the pass rush uh, of the Denver Broncos is really going to be key for the Chargers to, to try to get their seventh straight win. Yeah, it feels weird facing you guys so late in the year. I think this is the the latest the opening game has been of the series since 2010. So uh, it'll be nice to finally get together, get that rivalry going on again. Uh, Chris, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Eric, I appreciate the time, man. Look forward to seeing you guys. That was part two of my conversation with Chris Harey of Chargers.com. Talked a little bit about this 41-day stretch between games for the Chargers at the StubHub Center. Phil, we went there last year for the first time. Kind of a unique place to play. What do you, what do you think about uh, when the Broncos play there? Yeah, no other place like that in the NFL, just playing in such a small stadium. Almost seemed like uh, you would get more fans at a high school game in Texas or something uh, <laughs> compared to that and then of course we know how Broncos country travels it really seemed like a home game there that's got to be frustrating I would imagine for the Chargers because that's a good football team they just have you know moved to a new market and it's just not quite clicking it seems like they're in Los Angeles you know they got two of the best teams in the NFL but uh it seems like the fans in the LA area have really gravitated toward the Rams yeah I know I think Philip Rivers expressed his frustration last year about that it's probably a little easier when you're seven and two and you're you're playing well. And maybe more Chargers fans are showing up there. It'll be interesting when they move to that new stadium. Uh, but yeah, I personally really enjoy like that, that environment. It's one of my uh, one of the favorite places I've been. You got that open air press box, just like they did in San Diego, but you're much closer to the field, so you probably have the best view of any press box in the NFL. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, uh, you're right there. You get the feel that it feels like a California stadium for sure, and uh, you know. It's a unique atmosphere, so just a few times that we get to go there, I guess I uh, just sort of cherish the uniqueness of it. Gotta, gotta cherish those moments. Cherish all of the moments. Phil, something that could happen while we're in L.A. is uh, several guys could take steps closer 
to some big uh, season and career milestones. Had an article on DenverBroncos.com earlier this week. Just a little nice, plug. Little, little, nice plug little plug about what milestones are on the horizon. And I think one that's most interesting to me is that Von Miller only needs five and a half sacks the rest of the way to pass Simon Fletcher for first on the franchise's all-time list. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And you get to see Simon Fletcher. Uh, he came by, I think, on that Monday night game against the Chiefs. He was asked about Von Miller getting closer to his record, and he said, hey, Records are meant to be broken. He's a big Von Miller fan. Um, I think he had a Von Miller T-shirt on or something like that. Ripped so his he, shirt open. To- exactly. He was like, look, I, I'm a huge Von Miller fan. So, uh, no, you know that's eventually going to happen. Uh, five and a half sacks, you think he'll he'll get there? I do. Uh, you know, he, uh, he's he got, what, nine in uh, 2018. That would mean he'd have to get to 14 and a half. I think that's doable with Bradley Chubb on the other side. Before we get to what Bradley Chubb's doing, Phil, here's a little trivia question for you, unprompted. I like it. Vaughn needs one first-team All-Pro selection to tie for the most first-team All-Pro selections in Broncos history. You know how much I love All-Pros. You love the All-Pro. That's the, that's the uh, qualification for a Hall of Fame Hall of Fame, of fame in your opinion. Can you name the two other Broncos who have four first-team All-Pro selections? Shannon Sharp? That's one. Um, I don't think it's John Elway. Um, no, I think we've talked that John Elway never had a first-team All-Pro selection. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah he won, he he won, MVP, he won but, MVP, but, but was didn't not have a that. first yeah. team all selection. And then four. Did TD get to four? Oh. I don't think so. I, I, you know, I don't think he had four first team. Hold on. Hold on a second. Uh, Broncos, offense or defense? Broncos offense fans, or defense? Bronco, I'm not going to give you hints. I think it's, I think it's defense. Uh, Champ Bailey. No. You want me to tell you? Champ Bailey didn't get four? It's offense. It is but, offense? Yeah. Not TD. Oh, Peyton Manning. No, Lionel <laughs> Taylor. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That one was going to be tough to get. Yeah. Gosh. Well, Chip Bailey didn't get four first team all pros. Maybe if you were as big of a fan as, uh, jeez. Yeah, as you pretend to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a poser, huh? Yeah. So, yeah. One other note there on Vaughn: if he gets a sack, he's uh, joins Reggie White into Marcus Ware as the only players to record ten sacks in seven of their first eight seasons. So, obviously, really pretty good. Am, company. Pretty good. Yeah, Reggie White, Demarcus Ware, not too bad. I'll take it. How do you think? Yeah, well, we won't go there. Uh, with Bradley Chubb, we talked about that a second ago. What do you think is within uh, possibility for him with 14 and a half sacks being that rookie mark? Is he going to hit that rookie wall? And, and what are we going to see from some guys like Philip Lindsay and Cortland Sutton and Royce Freeman as they get to this point in the season where you're used to playing 12 games in college, 13 games, and now all of a sudden you got to play 16? I think that the rookie wall might be more of a thing um, for Philip Lindsay just because he runs so hard. You know, and every time he's out there, he's giving it full effort. And now is the time of year where the college season is typically winding down, and that's probably what their bodies are used to. And you know, we cover the draft process so much. We know what it's like when that season ends, you know, their senior year or what junior year of college. When that season ends, they go straight into working out for the combine and then they're traveling all around the country. They're doing all these interviews. And then before they know it, they're right here for Ricky minicamp. They're just bodies don't have the time to heal and, and get rested and get ready for a season properly. So I definitely think the rookie wall is something. And that's something to note for the Broncos just because they have so many rookies who are big contributors. Um, for a guy like Royce Freeman, he's had a few weeks off here. So maybe that's not quite as big a concern for him, even though he's that bruiser kind of back 
Chubb, uh, there's no reason why he couldn't get to that rookie sack mark. Uh, you just think so much about Bradley Chubb and how fortunate he is to play alongside Von Miller. It's so rare for the fifth overall pick to get drafted to a team where there's already a future Hall of Famer on, on you know, playing the same position. So he's fortunate to play alongside uh, Von Miller. And, you know, I think a lot might have to do with uh, how the team is playing. If they're playing with the lead quite often in these last seven games, quarterbacks will have to start throwing it more. That'll give them more opportunities for sacks. Yeah, you know, I think I think you're right there that I kind of view it the other way, that maybe if – if they're playing that well, Vaughn and Lindsey and Chubb and Sutton, if they're playing that well, maybe the the wins kind of come from that. And so uh, I think if the Broncos are able to get in this stretch and, and play well, some of those records should fall. Obviously, we want to see a bunch of wins, but it would be pretty cool to see Vaughn break Fletcher's record and have Chubb break uh, the all-time rookie sack record in the same season on the same team. And, you know, it looks like Chubb is going to, Probably break Vaughn's record at the very least. What, what is it? Eleven four and more? a half. He needs four more or something. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, four more. Yeah, four. You told me four the math, more. When the math. Ready the math is uh, always difficult here. You know, early in the week. But yeah, yeah, four more. He would later in the week. Math is no problem. <laughs> yeah. No, we're getting closer to game time. I'm dialed yeah. in. Yeah. But yeah, no, he would four more. He would pass Vaughn for the most in Broncos rookie history, which is you know still still pretty impressive. I will say, even after uh, Saquon Barkley's impressive performance on Monday Night Football, Philip Lindsay still holds that uh, rushing leading mark among rookies uh, through Week Ten now, right? So yeah. we'll see if he can hold on to that. He's got well, it's a been tremendous. Got a five yard lead right now, so it's going to be a <laughs> battle be down the stretch here. I think Philip Lindsay could get to that. He just runs so hard. I mean, the guy is so competitive. Uh, he's been a guest here on the Neutral Zone and. You know, I I love the way he runs and his mentality. Uh, there was a great piece on DenverBroncos.com plug, plug, plug about plug. Uh, him and uh, and Terrell Davis, the backstory on how uh, Philip Lindsay asked him to wear number thirty. So, I think he's just an easy guy to get behind and root for. Yeah, and he's going to end up if he keeps playing the way he is. He's going to end up in a lot of the uh, notes in the Broncos media guide for next year. You know, he needs. About 550 yards to go into the top five in all-purpose yards among rookies. Needs about another 500 yards to finish the same with rushing. So it's hard to uh, maybe sit back and appreciate every week what he's doing, but it really is impressive kind of in the all-time uh, history of, of the Broncos. It's just amazing how he, a guy like him goes undrafted. I mean, I can kind of see how he didn't get an invite to the combine because when you're talking about those last few guys at the position going to the combine, you're more interested in their injury history because during the draft process, the combine is one of the only times that doctors and teams can get you know medical records and do an exam. So you'd rather get an invite for a guy who has some injury concerns. Phil Lindsay didn't have any of that coming out of college. But just to go undrafted after that, it's really amazing. I mean, I think what Baltimore was the only other team that was really interested. Yeah, and I think you're almost playing like a, a game of chicken there toward the end where you think, hey, is one of these guys going to get picked up somewhere if we don't spend a draft spot on him? Because you'd have to think Denver felt pretty good about if he did go undrafted that you'd be able to get him in here. Um, yeah. But, uh, you was know, that it? You get an email there? I did get an email. <laughs> it's from Jeff. The uh, podcast Podcast director. Yeah. Director or supervisor? Direct supervisor, I think. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Anyway, uh, yeah, Philip Lindsay, uh, impressive. Cortland Sutton, I think, one of those guys who I think will not hit the rookie wall just because he's going to be playing. He kind of eased into the season, and now that he's a starter, I think you should uh, see him get more comfortable as opposed to to slowing down. But I, I guess we'll see as we go along. Phil, what's going to be the key this week if the Broncos are going to get this this seven-game winning streak? Well, seven plus what, then four play. I this, thought we spent the whole first part talking about one week at a time. It's hard for me. One to, and oh. Yeah. One and oh. If you win 11 straight games, that's a Super Bowl victory. That is. So that something is. to consider. But, yeah, 11. What's, what's the key to go one and oh? Um, I would say get to Phillip Rivers. I think that that's been the Broncos' uh, key to success every time that they've won really in uh, in L.A. is they've been able to get a lot of pressure on Phillip Rivers have him start to get worked up a little bit, have him get really competitive into the game. Maybe he'll make a mistake. Maybe he won't. Um, Phillip Rivers, one of the really good guys in this league, uh, fun to go, always go up against. And um, uh, I think that you're going to have to get pressure on him. On the other side of the ball, got to score 30 points. You know, I thought Case probably played one of his best games against the Houston Texans, but they still were under 20 points in that game. Just g- somehow – Score some points. Yeah. It's easy. Just do it. Do it. Yeah. No, I think uh, a key is going to be take advantage of this type of road game. You know, you're probably going to have a lot of Broncos fans there. It's not playing in Arrowhead, for example. So take this, get get this rolling, get a good start. Um, You know, Vance Joseph talked this week about the importance of needing to start fast. The Broncos actually have done well in first quarters, and I don't think – uh, reading a Ryan O'Halloran post uh, on the Denver Post website this morning. Post on the post? Yeah, a little blog yeah, post. I like it. A yeah. little blog. Yeah. Also, I think that runs in print somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, Ryan O'Halloran, friend of the pod, joined us recently. Big friend. But he he was mentioning that the Broncos haven't trailed by any more than four at the end of a first quarter this year. And so what the bigger issue has been is coming out in the second half in those first drives offensively and defensively. So can the Broncos – when they're in that game at halftime, make an adjustment at halftime and, uh, you know, stay strong, stay on pace. And then the other thing is Vance Joseph talked about, hey, those first 15 to 20 plays, you kind of figure out what works and what doesn't. Can the Broncos at least move the ball during those plays, even if they're not necessarily scoring touchdowns? No, I want them to score touchdowns. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's 50 what, points or else from so That's the... They got to score touchdowns. I mean, that's the key. I mean, you got to, when they move the ball, can't have those drives stall out right after uh, midfield there. Go ahead and uh, punch it all the way into that yeah. end zone. Here's one more thing I want to see Bradley Chubb, Derwin James are probably two of yeah. the top three rookie of defensive rookie of the year candidates right now, along with uh, Darius Leonard out in, D- in Indianapolis. Go out there, Bradley, and show them why you are the defensive rookie of the year, why you were taken with the fifth overall pick. So many good defensive players, really, yeah. in this draft yeah. so far. Derwin James played really well, a great player. But, Bradley, this yeah. is your time to go out and show, like, I'm I'm the guy. Yeah. It'd be nice to see that. I think that uh, he definitely can do that. Uh, that kind of gets back to my key, and that was get pressure on Phillip Rivers. That's so, true. We're, we're kind of, like, synced we're up. We're in agreement. Yeah. One more uh, question up. for you, Phil. What do you think uh, Liz Manis' key to the game would be? Who? Uh, Liz Manis. Yeah. Community department. That's true. Be, who be gives, nice. Be, be nice. It's <laughs> be nice. it's holiday time. This is uh, the Liz's time favorite of time for, of the year. It is. You know, I, I, she's very into uh, Christmas. Yeah. Put the game so, on the Google Doc. Yeah. Put the. She's got big Google Doc. Lots of holiday. Shout activities. out to the Google Doc. Yeah. Put some put yeah. some Broncos wins on the Google Doc 
I'll sign up for that. I'll, my availability is pretty open. Uh, uh, what are you doing this Sunday around like 2 o'clock Mountain Time? 2 o'clock Mountain Time. Mountain Time. I'm hoping to be in an open-air press at, at, the, at the Step Up Center, you know. At the Step Up Center. Maybe put my feet up. It I, it actually is a little crowded in there, so it, is. it probably won't have room to put my feet it up. It is. But, but yeah. uh, good, it'll be good to see uh I'm going to be reading some, f- some Phil tweets. Michael maybe. Schofield will be down there. Yeah. Michael Schofield's big a Virg. fan of a big a fan of ours, oh, I think. Get the win. <laughs> That's a Virgil You want Green. juice? Yeah. You want some juice? <laughs> Virgil <laughs> Green. <laughs> God, there's some all-time great. Really great. Those, those guys all actually, like Michael Schofield, Phil, you and great I guy. went to uh, cover him and uh, Kendall Coyne, Kendall Coyne? an Olympic gold medalist, a hockey player. Uh, play some hockey. Michael Schofield did not do so well yeah, at that. No, he didn't. Kendall kind of uh, dominated him. So did that. Yeah. I went to a, I did a flight simulator with Russell Okun back in the day. Russell Okun, really uh, smart. One of the yeah. really smart great guy. guys. Great yeah. guy. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, no hard feelings towards any of them, certainly. No. no I talked not. with uh, uh, Chris Hayree a little bit about this. Hayree? <laughs> but you've got that Austin Eckler kid out in, in uh, L.A. came from uh, Western State in Colorado. Oh, that's right. That's right. What's he doing? Small school guy. What's he doing? What? Yeah. He didn't want to come here? Well, it's not like a college program where you have to keep the best guys in the state. Yeah. Philip Lindsay worked pretty Phillip well. Philip Lindsay worked out well. Yeah. Yeah, but a little harder to do at the NFL level. That's true. Christian McCaffrey, that was sort of a... You, you know my feelings on that, <laughs> Phil. That's not for this podcast. That's not for this one. If you want to listen to this podcast, though, where uh, where might you go? Uh, definitely iTunes. iTunes, okay. Uh, tune in, and then something called Stitcher. Stitcher, yeah. You want to go to Stitcher. A surgeon's favorite podcast network. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You don't want to, like, say if you're riding around on one of those scooter things around town. Yeah, you don't want to end up with You don't want to end up with Stitcher. Yeah. Shout out to Zach Peerless. <laughs> don't. Don't listen to the neutral zone while you're on a bird or a, a lime. lime. They call it lime, yeah. right? That yeah. might, that, this is not an endorsement of either scooter brand. I it's like them both. Scary. I have not fallen scary. off one. It's a little bit scary. I enjoy me. them. I don't have great balance. No, no. But, but neither, neither does neither does intern Zach. Intern Zach took a spill on one of those. Took a took a little spill, fell off his wall, and had, had to, to fetch a stitcher. pail of water. <laughs> no. He's just going to toss some different rhymes in there. That was nice. Was that a Humpty Dumpty? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, mixed with Jack and Jill. I liked it. it was Fetch the pail water. Yeah. yeah. So. That was a mix. <laughs> Nicely done. That was a mess, just like Zach's leg when he fell off and had to get stitchers. And it's also get, becoming a mess here at the end. Okay. That's true. That's what. That's why you listen to The Neutral Zone. That's right. Uh, thanks to Chris Harris Jr. for joining us to talk about playing Phillip Rivers, the Chargers, and how he's getting stronger at the end of the season. Thanks to Chris Harry of Chargers.com. To our two fans who called McKinnon in. McKinnon and play. Diego? Yeah. They came up clutch. Both Has winners. anybody lost on the. I don't think so. I think Swanson lost. Who's that? <laughs> yeah. Not a friend of the That's pod. A Swanson. Yeah. Uh, so thanks to them. And of course, to Jeff, our podcast direct supervisor. Always a pleasure. It is. It is. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Follow us uh, at Eric Delala, at Phil Milani, and you have been listening to The, the Neutral, Neutral Zone. Zone.